Coming live from Hawaii, USA is our guest this morning. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Mark Travis, founder and director of Travis International Film Institute, film director, and so many things. He's an author, he's the creator of the revolutionary Travis technique of working with actors to elicit instantaneous and authentic performances that translate brilliantly onto the screen. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, thank you. And thank you so much, AJ, for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. And I'm thrilled to meet your massive, enthusiastic audience. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. So we will be uh, trying to focus on, because as I said earlier on, there is a big Bollywood here. So many people yeah. on different aspects of filmmaking, uh, on feature films and documentary films and short films, and so much of storytelling that happens on different platforms all around. And that's why... We'll be talking about how to get what you want from writers, actors, and crew. And we'll be focusing around our discussion on that. But first, you are known as a director's director. What does that mean? And why do directors still need a director to <laughs> direct them? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a great question, Jay, because... Um... That term, director's director, I, I'll explain to you exactly what it means. And, but it brings up a lot of questions about why does a director need a director? But that's the same as why does a tennis star, why does Roger Federer need a tennis coach? He's the best in the world, et cetera. The thing is highly skilled um, artists and athletes do need coaches. They need those people who can watch what they do and inspire them to do better, see their faults, see them as shortcomings and all of that. And what I do, I work very, very closely with directors all over the world, helping them elevate their work. They have a job already. They have a project they're doing. My job is to help them elevate that work by coaching them in a, in a very tough way sometimes, um, asking the hard questions, looking at the problems that might be there, looking at where they might stumble, where they might fall, looking at especially at casting process and working with actors and, and that whole process and having someone else there with you. I'm saying this really to all the directors out there, having someone else there with you that you can turn to at any moment and say, I'm thinking of doing this scene this way. What do you think? Now, if I've been working with that director for a long time on this project, I know the director's vision. I know what that director intends to do with this, with this picture, how he wants it to look, how he wants it to feel. I know everything he knows. So when he asks me, what do you think? I can express a, an opinion, an idea, or a suggestion right along in line with the way he's going. I'm not pushing against him. I'm not trying to make it my film at all. I'll do my films by myself. But to help that artist realize their vision at a higher level than maybe they could have all by themselves. That's what a director's director does. Okay. And what is the main problem that these directors face? And then oh, when they are facing okay. that problem, what is the problem with that you face when you are direct, when you are directing them? <laughs> so you, so we're, we're down, we have two problems. The main problem, as you're asking, AJ, which is interesting, is uh, what is the main problem that a lot of directors face? There are several, but I'll give you a couple. One, which is really very tricky to deal with, um, which is I call the, um, the problem of assumption, assuming that you know what your story is about, how this performance should go. You know how a film should go by itself. And then you many too many times end up in post-production going, oh, that it doesn't quite work that well that way. There's there now I've got other problems. So the assumption that every decision you're making, you know, is right because you are the director. This gets a little worse sometimes when it's a writer-director. I've written the script, I'm the director, so of course I know how to direct this, how this film should go. 
that's not necessarily true. You're going to do give yourself a big favor, do it yourself a huge favor by bringing in someone like me and there are other people who do this, bring in someone who's a director's director who can coach you, who can see that film from another angle and present you with other opportunities. You make the final decision. I don't, I don't make any of those final decisions, but you make that decision. Another, so that's the, that's the challenge, AJ, of assumption, assuming. Now this, you know, I've, I've listened to uh, some of your podcasts and I just listened to one of them. Um, it was all about business, business, working in business and marketing and reaching an audience. Same problem. Assuming you know what this, that this marketing strategy will work brilliantly. It may not. And this is why the um, art of filmmaking or art of running a business is a collaboration. It's not a one man job or one woman job. It's a, it's a uh, collaboration between artists when you're making a film and you have to be able to collaborate, which means as a director, you better be willing to listen to other people. Don't listen to go, no, 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 they don't know what they're talking about. Don't do that. And every, every idea that someone presents to you, somewhere in that idea, there's good information, something you should hear. Even if you don't like the suggestion that they make, but there's something in there. Listen, you have to develop the ability to listen to a lot of different people, whether it's the actors or the writers or the producers or, or the crew members or the cinematographer, listen to them. They also are artists. They're helping you make your film. Listen to them. And now your job is to go through in your mind all this information you're getting and pick what you want to use, what do you want to employ in your film. But now I'm going to go on to another uh, and to answer your second question, another another problem, challenge that all directors face, all directors face a lot. And this is where my work comes in probably more powerfully than in anywhere else, is the ability to work with actors. Working with actors and getting the performances, the performance that you want. Now think about this, the performance that you want. Now we're going back to the assumption. You're assuming that performance is the best performance you can get if you get what you want. Or you're assuming that that performance will help tell the story. You may be wrong about that. But getting the performance you want, working with actors is probably the singular, most difficult part of directing. Consequently, too many directors rely on casting well-known actors that are really good, talented actors, and relying on those actors to make all those choices and that it will work out in the end. That's a big mistake, a huge mistake. Because I can tell you, having worked with some tremendous actors in my career, in my life, those actors, they don't know. They don't know what's best for the film. They're not directing your film. They don't know what's best. They can do a lot. There's a lot they can give you you have to have a vision on what you want, be pretty clear about what you want, but then you have to have the skills to know how to get what you want or get close to you want what you want from these actors. That's the challenge. Do you have that skill? And too often, way too often, directors are saying to actors, let me tell you what I want. I see you in the scene and you're really angry. And then when you hear the news about your son, you start crying and, and you're really devastated. And I go, that's what you want? And I read the script, I say, that's clear. That's what's in the script. What do you really want emotionally? If you tell the actors how to respond emotionally, now this is the tricky part. If you tell the actor how to respond emotionally in a scene, at any point in the scene or throughout the scene, if you tell them, this is what I want, and the actor is skilled enough, they can do it, and they will do it. Right away, it's not authentic. Right away, it's a performance, it's not real. Now, there are some actors who can make it look really real, really genuine, but there are a lot who can't. There are a lot who can perform it, and they'll come close. But think about this. Now, this is gonna get a little tricky, AJ, so hang on. The actor is in a movie, your movie, you're directing, we have this actor and they are, let's say the actor's name is John and John is playing a character named Fred. 
Now, John and Fred are not the same person at all. One's the actor, the other one's a character that's written. But John's job, and we'll say, assume John's a really good actor, is to become Fred. And most actors' approach to this process, which I totally understand and it's fine, is they have skills on how to change themselves into this character that they imagine, that you imagine, that's written on the page. And in that process, they are using a lot of skills and a lot of techniques to become Fred. So while the scene is going on and they're performing and you're shooting, here's the question. What is that person thinking about? Most likely, John is thinking about how to perform Fred. And will, like, like a skilled dancer or athlete, will give you something remarkable, wonderful. But is it real? No, it's not real. It's an actor giving you a performance. Now, hang on, because this is the tricky part. Other than telling the actor what you want, what if you could, as a director, with that same actor, stimulate the character that lives inside him, stimulate Fred, talk to Fred, ignite Fred, and send Fred, the character, into the scene without the actor's plan. And then you have Fred authentically alive in the scene, going through the scene, and now you get an authentic performance. That's the skill. That's a skill I can teach. That's a skill I've developed in many ways, several very important ways of doing this. And that's one of the main reasons so many directors come to me to learn how to do that, to get genuine, authentic performances almost immediately by actually shutting down the thinking process of the actor. Now, hold on to that idea if you can. Right, right, Mark. So, uh, the more important part is not to assume a lot of things. But then, right. when they come to you, is it always about assumption? Uh, because you said that you must listen to anybody's idea and then you think about all that. But the director is the person on who, uh, at which the buck stops. Now, yep. there is, it's a creative line. It's not a hierarchy sort of a thing. But still, everybody has to listen to the director. But in a creative line, there is also a writer and then also there is an actor. And they mm -hmm. also want to give their inputs. And that is right. where that is called word called creative difference. That can yep. happen. And yep. sometimes the other parties, they may think that they have the best idea and the director may have their own ideas. And that is yep. where that leads to a different sort of situation. Now, it sometimes the, all the things may be very good, but the director would still want to tell you that I'm calling the shots. Is it about control several times or is it about creativity or is it about assumption? Is it about the director wanting to actually control the happenings on the set uh, to get the best outcome? Or sometimes it is just to control the situation down there. How does it work at a, at a set, <laughs> at a, any, any other set? Because yeah. in, a, in, yeah. a, in a very professional atmosphere, like in the US, you, it can, uh, it, it is still understandable. But why I ask this question is that on a very small set, where mm -hmm. people are friends, they are trying to make something, a documentary or any of the small short film or something. There mm -hmm. also the same problem can happen mm -hmm. and it can yeah. become a bit more uh, difficult for everybody involved. Yeah, well, you you have a whole seminar, masterclass worth of questions there. <laughs> it's great. Because, no, but, because we no, got the, the master is, here, the master yeah. of masters. <laughs> so you... The thing is, you're right on. It's a great question because you're right on the central issue here. I'm going to go back a little, repeat a little bit of what you said because it's, it's very, very important. First of all, you have a writer who wrote the script. Let's make it very simple. You have one writer who wrote the script, even a short script doesn't matter. Then you have a director who reads the script 
and then you have an actor. Let's just deal with those three. There are a lot of other people involved in here too, which are producers, cinematographers, a lot of other people with thoughts and ideas. But let's start with those central three, because those central three, that is what I call the sort of the golden triangle, writer, director, actor. That's where the story is being told. The rest of the system of filmmaking is really a support system. There's, in the cinematography, there's lighting, there's production design, but that's all creating the environment or the recording device of how you're going to record this event. The event is handled by writer, director, actor. Now, the writer who wrote the script, and a lot of you out there listening who are writers who have even written any kind of script, you'll know what I mean. What, you've spent a lot of time on the script, and by the time it, you, it's done or you think it's finished, and someone else is going to direct it and, and people are going to act in it. You have in your mind, which is wonderful, a very clear idea of how you think this scene should play or how this movie should play. You have a very clear idea. <clears throat> okay, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. Now the director comes along and reads your script. Now the director is reading the script. And what's going to happen because the director is a different person, not the same as the right different person, the director is going to have also his or her idea of how this film should work. And is very excited about it. And it's a wonderful idea. And if, and if he or she explains it to us, sounds good. Then you go on to the actor. Now, the actor who's going to play this role, this important role in your movie, he reads it and he has an idea. Now you have three ideas. Now, where do these ideas come from? I'm going to tell you a quick story is um, I was consulting on a project and I heard the writer say, watching a performance, why can't she do it just the, the way it's written in the script? That's the writer speaking. Now, this is in production. And I thought, wow, why can't she do it the way it's written in the script? The director said to the writer, well, she is. She's saying everything. She's saying all the dialogue, everything. You know, basically, she is saying what's written in the script. But the writer, in his mind, sees it played a certain way. Now, the actress is playing in a different way. And the director is being asked, why can't she do it the way it's written in the script? Now, here comes a very important part of the whole filmmaking process. When you have a script and you have a story, you have a script and it's so many pages, doesn't matter. You take any one scene from that script. And you look at it and i'm going to tell you something right now in that scene no matter how beautifully it's written in that scene actually there are no characters there's no emotions there's no conflict there's nothing there's nothing and people say oh yes there is look at this it's a husband and wife they're arguing i go no 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 there's nothing what there is is a lot of words written on a page it's the same with a novel or a magazine it's words written on a page when we read those words we as directors, actors, or anybody else read those words, we see and feel the conflict. We see it. We sense the characters. We sense all the tensions, all that. But let me ask you something. Since it's not stated what the tensions and conflicts are on the page, where does our sense of what's really going on come from? It comes from us. I read a script. I will project myself into every character. You know that when you read a script, you can see every character. You can hear every character. That's all happening inside you. That's based on who you are, your life experiences, your skills, all of that. And it's the way it should be. To be, take a big leap forward when that film is done and people are watching it on the screen. Every member of the audience is doing the same thing, projecting themselves into those characters, into the, you want that. And that's how we become involved. That's how we become engaged. But back to the script for a second. I read it. I have an essay. I'm the director. I read it. And I have a certain vision of how it should play. Sitting next to me is the writer who wrote it. What makes you think that the two of us would have the same vision? Probably not, because he's a different person. He spent eight months or a year writing this. I've spent a few months preparing it. And then you have the actor on the other side who is now going to play this part. He's going to have a different vision of that. So we have three different opinions only because we're three different people. 
But in this dynamic of this golden triangle, writer, director, and actor, we've left somebody out, somebody who's really, really more important, a, a person that's more important than the writer, the director, or the actor, and that is the character. Right. Nobody's talking to the character. Everybody's making assumptions about how the character should be portrayed, how the character should behave, how the character could act. We're all talking, writer, director, and actor, all talking about it. And my way of working, I say, well, let's talk to the character. So getting back to what you said, AJ, if someone said, well, I think it should be this way, let's say it's the actor. I say, fine, I see it another way, but let's talk to the, let me talk to the character. And I said, listen, let's ask the character. And I have a way of, with that actor, suddenly igniting the character that's inside him. And I will talk to the character and I'll explore the character. I'll interrogate the character. It's called the interrogation process. And what will come out of the actor, which is beautiful. And I can even give you a link. Those of you who are listening and to you, AJ, I, if I haven't done this, I can give you a link to a film that we made that shows exactly how this is done. But what cap happens for the actor is that a character that is living inside him will emerge fully, powerfully, magnificently to the point that after that, that conversation with me and in an interrogation and maybe reading the scene again, the actor will say, whoa, I had no idea that's what he thought. In other words, the actor in this process actually gets to meet the character that lives inside. And that's who we want. That's the authentic uh, persona that we want on the screen. Right, Mark. Right. So let's talk to the character. And if I may ask, who does the character talk best to? Because the character also, also talks. So who is the character communicating best to? Will it be the director? Will it be the writer? Will it be the actor? Because okay. that's also a way of understanding the character. Okay. We're getting deeper into this, AJ, but that's terrific. Let me just, I will answer the question. First of all, you have to understand, you're doing, we're going back to John and Fred. John, the actor, and Fred, the character. John is, the, is an actor who's been hired to be, you know, portray Fred in a movie. We got that. We know exactly what we're doing. <clears throat> Fred, though, the character, is not in a movie. Now you say, no, yes, he is. No, no, he's not. The, the, Fred, the character, is in his life. Now okay. his life is contained in the movie. So he's not. So you can't talk to the character about acting. You can't talk to the character Absolutely. about performance. You can't do that. <clears throat> in fact, if you said to Fred, the character, when you say this line, he would, if he stays in character, really stays in character, he'd say, what line? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have no idea what you're talking about because <clears throat> he doesn't know. All he knows, he's at a point in his life that he's about to move into another moment in his life, which is the scene. So that's an important thing to keep in mind in terms of answering your question, AJ, which is a great question. So who does the character talk to? The character can't talk to the director because the character doesn't have a director. Wouldn't know who a director is. Can't talk to the writer who wrote the script. Say, well, I don't know who that is. I don't know. <clears throat> I have no relationship or a producer. Anybody working on the film can't talk to them. And the way we're talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. But what the character? So when I'm interrogating, I am the director, and I'm interrogating the character. I am not talking as Mark, the director. In fact, I have no name, no name at all. What I'm doing, and this is where this uh, process gets very specific and very powerful. I am actually giving voice to the voices in the head of the character, not the actor, the character. Fred, as a character and a story, as a person, has voices in his head, just like the rest of us do, that talk to us, that praise us, that criticize us. We all live with these voices in our heads and that we discuss things with, et cetera, et cetera. You all know what I'm talking about. So that character of Fred has those voices too. I give voice to those voices. 
through the interrogation, through that conversation, and by stimulating those voices and activating those voices in his head, the character is formed. And the actor can feel it moment by moment as the character becomes formed, it's almost an alchemic reaction. Every question, every answer, the character becomes more and more formed without the interference of the actor, without, the, without my interference, because I'm basically only asking questions. I'm not telling him anything. And I'm certainly not asking him to do anything for me that would sound like a performance in a film. Not at all. I'm not doing that. So I, I have to change the way I'm talking. I have to ab literally abandon all traditional directing. And I have to go into this improvisation with the character interrogating him. And let's say he's going into a scene where he's going to have a confrontation with his wife about something about buying a new house or something like that. And I could say to Fred, I said, Fred, do you really want to buy that house? He goes, no. I said, well, why not? It's a beautiful house. He says, well, yeah, but it's too expensive. I said, so what? So what? You know, get your wife to do something. Can't you get her to work? No, I can be pro prodding him and pushing him like that. And every time he, as Fred, has to answer the question, the character becomes more and more formed. And, he's, and he, the actor, can feel the character sort of filling up inside him. So to answer your question, AJ, the character is not talking to anybody that's there. The character is literally hearing these voices in his head. And it's one, one thing that's amazing to me, because I've been doing this for, what, 10, 15 years. I've been working with this process. Once I start it, I can say to an actor who knows nothing about this process, and I can be about to direct them in something, or it's a casting, or whatever it is, and I say, can I talk to the character? And usually the actor will say, sure. In fact, most actors are much happier if you talk to the character than talk to them, because then they don't feel, the actor doesn't feel under pressure at all. The It's just the character. And I'll start interrogating the character and not once in all of these years has any actor said, who am I talking to? Never, never. They, they, some, there's something sort of magical that happens when I talk to the actors later. When you look at the film, which I'll give you the link to, I promise, uh, you'll see when we, in the film, when we interview the actors who have been through this process, uh, what happens to them, they, the actor just relaxes and the character emerges and they just get out of the way. And, and the actor feels like there's nothing I have to do. There's nothing I have to do. Just let the character go. And the character doesn't question, doesn't question who that question you ask. So it's a great question. It's ironic that the character doesn't ask. And I think the reason is, AJ, to take it a step deeper, you have the actor here and a character over here. And this, this, this actor wants to become this character. And suddenly I'm presenting, first of all, I'm saying, let's talk to the character. And the actor goes, good idea, let's talk. Let's get that far, at least. And then while they're in there, they can immediately feel what's happening. They immediately feel the alchemic reaction of the character emerging. They're not about to question this because the only one who would question it really is the actor, not the character. The character feels themselves emerging, so they just they just go with it and they love it. Right. Perhaps the characters talk to the audience later on. And if the audience cannot feel what the character is all about or cannot actually hear what this character was all about, perhaps they will not get the story for which all this effort was made. But my question, let's go a bit back. Uh, towards okay. the process. <clears throat> okay, that while filming on the sets, you get those issues. Let's go a bit back in the process is the casting process. That's where okay. a huge amount of discussion takes place. And there is so much of meeting of minds, meeting of minds to understand the character. And then mm -hmm. the character casting process begins. You have the actor and you find that you have found the best actor possible for that role best and there is so much of understanding that happens at that point in time when that is why you come to a conclusion that this is what our team is going to be this is what our character mm -hmm. would come out as and this is what 
who will be the best persons to do that job okay why is it that after so much of fine tuned process you still go to the sets and you have those so called creative differences or the sense of control or whatever you can name it but that happens why it ha- why does it happen in spite of having so many people in that whole process and uh, so so much of thinking brainstorming that has already happened why does it happen and how do you make sure that you eliminate these problems while the crafting process is still on how does so, one find good. in the process good question aj excellent question uh, <clears throat> and i'm assuming you're saying that the problems you run into in in production are mainly coming from the actor is that what you're saying no even even while uh in the in the in the course of understanding the character as i said yeah. uh, everybody may have their own views about the character but if they talk to the character then they would actually be talking about the same thing why doesn't it happen during the casting process okay okay first of all um i have to explain um how i do the casting process which is dramatically different than the way it's usually done and as you know aj usually what happens an actor comes into a room there's a lot of people there and the, the actor is auditioning and the actor is going to read a scene or perform a scene with another actor we'll assume and the people in the room the writer producers and casting people are going to watch that performance and make a judgment is this person a possible person to play fred um and the director who's there or whoever's running it sometimes it's like the casting director will redirect the actor say let's try it more this way or i know the director is looking for this or here's what we say and the actor will do it again maybe several times during which um the people in the room are making a judgment okay now the beginning the problem you're talking about starts right there that actor leaves the room now the actor is not a problem can't be a problem because they're gone you just take those people that are left in the room do they all agree do they all agree oh no i think she's to that oh i think he's this no i i now so those disagreements that you're talking about they'll come up right there and the director knows that he has the final decision hopefully um and the director will have his or her own specific idea but if you run the casting process the way i do which i've changed it dramatically in one specific part the the actor comes in let's say john comes in he's reading for fred john comes in i have another actor there to read with him and i ask john do you have any questions he says no i'm ready you say okay let's read the scene now now they do the scene whatever the scene is and we see whatever we see at that point this is the critical point right at that moment the actor and i've been checking with actors all over the world about this to see if how accurate this is and it's enormously accurate at that moment once they've finished reading the actor is anticipating somebody hopefully the director or somebody who really knows what they're talking about will talk to them as the actor and make a comment um about what they just saw and then ask for some kind of adjustment let's play it with uh, a little more levity let's not take it so seriously let's uh, we need more anger result directing that's what they'll expect that's what the actor is expecting my way of working is different they finish reading it and there's no preparation for them to what's going to happen right now as soon as they finish reading as soon as john finishes reading that scene and i'm the director and all the other people in the room are are know they know because i've told them they do not speak to the actor at all i'll i'll handle all of that i you know and that's the way it should be but what i will say to john i will not talk to john i start talking to fred immediately i start talking about fred about the scene that just happened and i can say fred what the, what the hell you you came into this room this is your boss and you're trying to get a raise that's how you get a raise i mean that's ridiculous now i'm talking to the character and if you watch it's wonderful to watch aj because if you watch these actors especially the ones who don't know me and don't know the way i work um 
for a split second there, you'll see a little flicker of confusion very quick. Like, what? But then there's immediate relaxation. Oh, I'm still the character. Yay, that's where I want to be. I don't want someone telling me how to act. I want somebody who keeps my character alive. So I'm talking to Fred, and now Fred's talking to me. And I'm I say, you want, what's your wife going to say, Fred? What's your wife going to say? You promised her. You promised her you would get that raise. Now, that may not be true or may or may not be true, but I'll throw stuff in there. And you watch how Fred handles it. What And this interrogation may go on for a very short period of time, like 30 seconds or a minute, not that long. And, but I, it's me engaging with him, passionately engaging with him. And then I say, eventually say to Fred, I said, listen, Fred, you know, I think yeah, that was a mess. That was a mess. I'm going to give you another chance to try it again and get it right this time, would you? Which means get it do it again, which means he's going to read the scene again. I have given him no instructions on what to do as a director. I've just given him an opportunity. And we go right into the scene again. Now you watch the scene again. Two things, very, very clear. If that actor doing Fred, his performance has not changed at all, then you let him go. You just let him go because he's locked into one performance. But that very rarely happened, rarely. You watch the second reading and you're going to see a whole different Fred. Different because there's more nuance. There's more. He's got way more information to deal with and that character is now full inside this actor and you will see almost every single time a stunning performance now you do this with actor after actor actor after all coming in to read for fred let's say we got five or six under consideration and this is what i explained to casting directors and writers and producers and everybody i said i'm not going to um hire the best actor Whatever that means, I don't know what that means, because the best actor for that role in the traditional way was the one who did it closer to what somebody else wanted. That's all it is. I'm not going to cast the best actor. I'm going to cast the Fred that I want, because those five actors who just did it all say equally skilled. There'll be five different Freds. Which Fred do you want? And they go, oh, that's interesting. And I explained that to them beforehand. And they'll go, yeah. No, I then the discussion becomes, oh, I like Fred because there was this, there was a vulnerability about that Fred. And we talk about the different Freds, not the actors. And we can come to a consensus, say, yeah, let's go with that Fred. And I said, listen, I and then I can say I can get more vulnerability, or I can get more strength out of him. I can sit that 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 or in the callback. In the callback, I will work with him again and see if we can get those other ignite those qualities in Fred. Right, Mark. Right. And then, then, by, the, where... then by the, then by the right. time you get into production, a lot of the problems are gone. They're gone. And the actor will not argue with you because the actor just wants to be Fred. That's it. You know. Right. Right. And that is where we come to your the Travis technique. You are so... <laughs> Okay. The Travis See, technique. Why, why that? Why any word from you is important so that the audience should know. You are the winner of over 30 directorial awards. You have teach. Uh, you have taught cutting edge direction, directing approach at over 50 film schools, directors guilds, and major film studios worldwide. And your clients include Academy Award winners and nominees. And right. when you talk about some new technique, it means that technique has passed the litmus test. So tell us about this technique so that people who are into this filmmaking line in whatever stuff they are doing can benefit out of that. And there is no uh, difficulty in talking to the character. And actually, they are able to portray things where the way they have envisioned for themselves and their characters. So let's understand what exactly is Travis technique. Well, the Travis technique is uh, is a bigger umbrella. And what I was just talking about was the interrogation process. That's one part of it. That's one part of the Travis technique. And that's the part of igniting the characters inside the actors, which I hope that you understand a little bit about that. There's another part of the technique. There are three main parts. Another part of the technique has to do with staging. 
and the staging of scenes, because the staging by itself is so powerful. The, the tool of staging, the techniques of staging, if you don't understand how staging can either enhance your scene, can ignite the characters, chances are your staging is working against the characters, against what the actors are trying to do. So uh, too many directors um, just think of staging as, oh, I'll put the camera here and I'll have them move that way and it'll look beautiful. Well, chances are you're actually making it more difficult for the actors in many, many ways to stay in, to stay with the character and it'll become mechanical. And become, so that's the second part is the power of staging. The third part of the Travis technique is a process called write your life. It's, it's writing, it's storytelling. It's a, sort of the foundation of the whole process, but it's autobiographical storytelling. If you, and I can take you through this, can learn the uh, tools and techniques of autobiographical storytelling. If you can tell your own personal stories as powerfully as you'd like your films to be, you will learn, first of all, you'll become a better writer, you'll become a better director, you'll become a better storyteller. I'll give you one example of that quickly. If, if you're gonna tell a story about something that happened to you, to you say four or five hours ago, you were walking through the park and you met somebody and you had this extraordinary experience and you're trying to tell somebody else. You're, you're telling the story and you are the protagonist of your story. Even though it was several hours ago and it's over now, the story's over, you are the protagonist. So you're telling the story about you. And my question to be, if, if we work together and I'd be happy to work together, and by the end of this, we'll I'll have an offer to all of you listening that you can we can work together. But think about this, you are the protagonist of your story. How well do you know that character? That character, just a few hours ago, walking in the park, I met this woman. How well do you know that character? That's number one. <clears throat> and assuming you know it fairly well, I can, or I can demonstrate that you know that character, which it was you at that moment. Well, how well can you portray that character in the telling of your story? not somebody else acting. How well can you um, make it clear to the listener what's going on inside that character? And now here comes the really tough part. How willing are you to expose that character, which is you a long time ago, for who he or she really is? All the flaws, all the weaknesses, all the insecurities, all the arrogance, whatever it is, how willing are you to do that? Now you go through this process of autobiographical storytelling. It, it's going to make you a stronger, stronger, stronger writer. It'll make you a stronger director and even be a stronger director in terms of reading scripts. You'll see scripts in a whole different way. So those are the three different, um, that's the foundation. It's like a three part foundation of the Travis technique. And all three say, Jake, work together they're constantly interweaving and working together so even in the interrogation process when i'm working with that actor we're actually building a character inside him that he can talk about himself etc so it's all it's all the power of storytelling right the power of storytelling and also yeah. about how you can be a better writer so let's talk yeah. about your two books and also about the travis international Film Institute where people can benefit. How does one yes. land uh, get your books? What these books are all about? And how does one connect with you? How does one get into Travis International Film Institute? What is all about? Okay. Travis International Film Institute. Um, T-I-F-I. Tiffy. Website. Tiffy.us. That's it the world's shortest website, I think, tiffy.us. Now that's where you can go and find out a lot of information from me. That's where you can go and contact me. That's where you can go and see the film that telling you I'm gonna share with you. It's in that website. So that's, now the Travis International Film Institute, it is an international institute because right now I'm doing a whole course online um, about the interrogation process and people from 17 different countries are taking it. So it's, that's the international part. We are constantly through online classes and training and consulting and coaching. 
reaching all around the world. I happen to live in Hawaii. I'm very lucky to live here, but it means I can reach out to everybody. So that's why it's the International Film Institute, covering all these different ways of making you a better, not a better director, actor, or writer, a better storyteller. You got to remember that these titles, actor, director, or writer, are, sometimes get messy, you know? We're all storytellers. We're all, we all gather together to tell a story. And the better storyteller you are, um, the, the better you're gonna be able to collaborate with the other artists in the group. So that's the Travis International Film Institute. That's where you can go and that's where you can find me. Now my special offer, all of your people out there, AJ, and I may regret this, but I'll do it, um, is for any really serious director or writer or actor, really serious. I mean, I, I, I wanna hear with the people who are really serious, who are committing their time, their energy, their life, their passions towards cinematic storytelling. That's what they wanna do. I have an offer to those people, two things. One is I have some um, free webinars I'm gonna share with you. One is called the three mistakes directors make when working with actors. Another one is called the power of staging, what I was just talking about. And there's a third one that's about the interrogation process. These three webinars, you write to me, I will send you the link to those webinars. They're free and they're free, they're free, and they're free to you for life, that you can keep them as long as you, as, as you want. It's my gift to you. And also, if you write to me and you tell me why you're so passionate about being a film director, writer, or actor, and what you're seeking, what you're looking for, I will give you one half hour of free consultation with me. That's it, one half hour. Now I know, AJ, you have a broad reach with your podcast, so who knows what's gonna happen. But my, my work, my goal, I am a director, I am a writer, I am an actor. All, all of those things. I am also a producer at times, all of those things. But my main goal right now is to reach as many passionate filmmakers, writers, directors, and actors primarily, and producers, anybody, and share what I know, what I've developed, like all of these techniques, how I can help you with as many people as possible, because my goal is to help everybody elevate their work, even if it's just a little bit or a lot develop new skills, develop a new way of working together with writers, directors, and actors, which is what my two books are about. Now, the two books, I'll just give you the titles. They're on the website, so you'll find them there. One is called Directing Feature Films, which is all about the collaboration between writers, directors, and actors. That's what it's all about throughout the entire filmmaking process. The second book is called a film director's bag of tricks. And the subtitle is getting what you want from writers and actors. Now, let me explain that a little bit. Getting what you want. It doesn't mean you're right, but you as a director working with all of these people, writers, <clears throat> writers and actors and crew, cinematographers, production designers, one skill you need to develop it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. Is the ability to work with another artist and help them not only see your vision or understand where you're coming from, but help them get past their own fears, their own obstacles, the things that block them, that get in their way. And that is what this book is about. This book is about, it's more about psychology and dealing with a fellow artist than it is about writing or acting. It's about how you engage with each other to help both of you, all of you, reach higher levels. Right, right. And how do you get these books? Where do you find? Is it Amazon? Is it directly from you? How do no, people? They, well, you can get you can get them from me. You can go on the website, but they're on Amazon. They're on on Amazon, and they're um, you can buy the paper copy. They're on Kindle. That they're all they're, it's on Amazon everywhere. Right, right, and. So my, my last question to you is to understand now, you have done so much, you have worked with, and you are respected by top actors, uh, Henry Winkler, Jim Weaver, Bill Pullman, and so many. You have achieved so much in life. 
now as a director's director as a director people seek out a lot of things that creative uh, satisfaction as a director's director what is it that you seek now oh that's a great question that's a great question aj nobody should really ask me it that that way um my pursuit i mean my wife and i work together passionately we're like a team we constantly she understands this process probably better than anybody else and what i'm looking for i'm looking for and seeking is ways of making the process and the techniques even better we're constantly experimenting we came up with an idea we met with a theater company here the other day we developed this whole experimental project mainly to see is can we find a better way can we find a better way of working with actors can we find a better way of working with script can we find a better way of writing scripts approaches are there I, my belief is there are and many times these other ways of approaching the process i'm learning from some of my clients when they say well mark this is the way i go about it i go really well that's interesting let's talk about that so i'm in this sort of um archaeological dig process looking through old ways of working trying to create new ways of working and testing out new ways of working and working working with actors and writers and directors a lot and because of my position as quote the director's director i'm constantly um <clears throat> not struggling with looking for ways of collaborating with another director now this is a very unusual thing two directors collaborating one is the director the other one like me you know is somewhere in the credits that's it but that you know i'm always looking for ways of nurturing that relationship you know i'm working with two or three directors right now on separate individual feature films and i'm always how can we make this better and sometimes i ask them and i talk to them and there are a lot of directors i work with that i've been working with for years every time they do a project and we're all looking for the, how to um, enhance that relationship because it's so rich and it's potentially richer than it is already it can, it can be i know it can be better i know it can be richer so i'm always looking at ways of improving that which means the films are going to get better the final goal is great films that's the final goal great films that come through the process but i have to keep working on the process right mark right wonderfully put and wonderful way of actually saying what you seek as yep. we grew up learning they said the world is the stage and we are all actors and there is that's one director right. up above <clears throat> <laughs> it was a yeah. great session to know about directors and a great pleasure talking to the directors director thank you so much for having you, you on the show mark thank you thank you so I much i appreciate it it's been a pleasure meeting you aj thank Same. you